evening, everyone, and welcome to Fired Up, the hottest sports show in Central Ohio. The show where four sports fans talk sports for the fans. Our topics for this evening are the Eagle has landed. The Philadelphia Eagles add a huge free agency piece. Turkey and football, what a combination. Previewing this year's NFL Thanksgiving Day games. Staying alive, staying alive. Recapping last week's college football games and previewing week 13's biggest games. With that, I give you our Chief Fire Fire Brigade, Rob Cal. Thanks, Colton. We're here again on in Matt's basement, live in the studio on a Wednesday, a little earlier than Tuesday. normal. Tuesday. Or Tuesday, yeah, a day early in a earlier time um but uh you know work and family commitments we got to do what we got to do so uh like colton said you know the eagles added a big piece a veteran you know defensive tackle uh donagan sue out of you know drafted number two by the lions out of nebraska back in what 2010 i believe yeah 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 um so now with the nine and one eagles so you know, this is a guy that, you know, he's been around the league a little bit. He did, uh, you know, his longest stint there with the Lions where they suffered through some bad coaching and bad quarterbacking, I think, and didn't have a lot. He had a lot of success, but the team didn't. Uh, and then spent two seasons in Miami. Um, when he signed with Miami at that time, he was the highest paid uh, defender in the, all of the league when he signed with those those two years in Miami. And then uh, – he did, which I didn't realize this, he did one year in L.A., I do remember that, but then the three years he did with Tampa Bay were all one-year deals. He kept mm. signing three one-year deals with Tampa Bay, and now he signed a one-year deal with the Eagles. So uh, give me your guys' thoughts. He's already made a difference in the first game he played in, only being there, what, three days? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So. Yeah, he uh, yeah, in that game, you know, first game as an Eagle against the, you know, the Indianapolis Colts, he had three tackles, a half a sack, and, you know, one quarterback hit, and, I think that's all you're going to gonna ask for, you know, Adam, obviously, you know, like you said, a veteran guy, but, you know, not somebody that's going to be a, a consistent or, you know, a guy that's going to get you a ton of sacks or, you know, whatever, just a guy that goes in there. It's a, a run stuffer, uh, you know, run a run stopper. And I think that was, you know, what the Eagles were looking for. I mean, the past two weeks, the Eagles gave up over 300 yards rushing, wow. um, two, two rushing touchdowns. And, uh, you know, they, not only, you know, added, uh, you know, Indomitian Sue, but then they also added another defensive tackle in Linval Joseph, you know, another, another, another big guy, another veteran, um, mm-hmm. you know, to plug plug the middle there. He actually uh, played about 60% of the snaps in that first game compared to Indomitian Sue. I think he played about 25% of right. the snaps. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I think, yeah, for me, this is, you know, I think this, you look at it and, and hats off to the Eagles organization front office. I mean, they, 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 they saw they had a problem or, you know, two weeks consistently had, you know, an issue with the, with running the ball and they, they addressed it. And I think that's what, what separates, you know, the, the contenders from the pretenders. And in, in my opinion mm-hmm. is those, those, uh, you know, front offices that are, you know, they see or identify they have a problem and they go out and correct it right then and there. It's not, you know, they don't wait until it, it's too late or, you know, whatever they, they make the adjustment, make the mm-hmm. correction right, right then and there. And, and so I think the Eagles, have to be commended for, for, for making those adjustments. But uh, yeah, I, I think, you know, we, we talk about, you know, the stats and whatnot for Sue, but I think maybe something that, that people forget is also his, his durability. Yeah, um, right. And he's played, you know, a possible 193 games. He's only missed two games in his whole career and they weren't even due to injury. It was his, by his own doing right. uh, was suspended for two games by the, by the NFL for some on the field, you know, issues that he had, but, 
you know, other than that, he's played 191 out of a possible 193 games. And for Mm -hmm. a big man and a defensive tackle like him, that that's pretty, pretty rare to see. But uh, so I think the Eagles, yeah, you know, not only getting a guy that can give him some consistency in that, in that front, you know, front seven, but you know, a guy that's going to, you know, be consistently on the field too. So, yeah, I think it's a good, good move for the Eagles. I, I don't know that it's the difference maker that makes them a Super Bowl team or not a Super Bowl team. I mean, I, I do think he'll fill a gap and, you know, he'll be, he'll be a nice addition there, but there's also a reason he was still available at this point in the season. I mean, there, there weren't a ton of teams knocking down his door. It was the Eagles and the 49ers. He chose the Eagles out of the two. So, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. He's still a very good player, but he's also, getting up there in age, right. slowing down. You, you look at the stats the last few years in Tampa Bay, they've, they've been on that downward trajectory. So, I mean, I, I, he's still a very good player. He, he's going to help. I just don't see him being the difference between winning a Super Bowl and not winning a Super Bowl for the Eagles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously they, you know, another piece to the puzzle, Absolutely. right. Yeah. Had to, had to add something. They had a couple of, you know, a couple of injuries. That's the whole reason we're, we're, you know, talking about that. Their rookie, you know, defensive tackle, Jordan Davis, you know, on, on IR, you know, expected to, expected to make his, you know, make his comeback or, you know, here in the next couple of weeks, um, you know, is having a pretty, pretty decent season. So, yeah, I guess at this point, the couple of signings that they have had at that defensive tackle position has been more of, you know, just kind of a fill, you know, the need for now. Right. Obviously, they, they feel like they have a couple of guys already that, mm-hmm. that, you know, are doing enough or, you know, can give them what they need at that defensive tackle position. So these guys are kind of temporary loners until, you know, they can get, get healthy again at that, at that position. So, you know, he was a guy that, you know, he was a standout at Nebraska, you know, and then made the transfer to, you know, the big leagues and has really, you know, lived up to the hype. I Mm -hmm. think being a, you know, the second overall pick, you know, they wind up retiring his Jersey in Nebraska. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But what always, I guess what watching through the years, cause I kind of been a, a closet Lions fan through the years, but uh, watch. It was always amazed to me how well he moved for a guy his, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. six four three ten, and he right. was, you know, really light on his feet. And yeah, he just really had good movement to the yeah. ball. So. and it, and it's tough, you know. Obviously, defensive tackle, you know, most of the time you're you're known as kind of a run stuffer. You mm-hmm. know, not not much of a you know outside outside of that, but. For a number two pick, you know, you, you always think of what are you going to get, you know, a defensive tackle, it almost probably going to be a bust every single time just mm-hmm. because you're not going to see a lot of the stuff that shows up on, you know, on the a stat, stat sheet right. or whatever. Yeah. But, uh, you know, for a number two pick, did, yeah. he's 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 really yeah. shown and, you know, has really, you know, proved his worth as, as kind of the number two pick in that in that class. Yeah, so. 593 career tackles, 71 sacks, five forced fumbles, nine fumble recoveries, one interception, 38 pass deflections, and three defensive touchdowns. Right. Yeah. So he's definitely put up a, a, an impressive Absolutely. stat line for a, a position that usually doesn't, you know, show up much on, on the, you know, on paper or whatever, but he, he's definitely proven his worth. So, all right. On to the Turkey day games. We got three of them on the slate. You know, the lions are a perennial uh, Thanksgiving team and they're the first game out on uh, Thursday that playing the bills at home, uh, a stadium, the bills are getting pretty familiar with after, <laughs> having to play there this last weekend because of the snowstorm out in Buffalo, but you got Buffalo coming in at seven and three and the lions coming in at four and six. Um, you know, I think, uh, really I'm surprised the lions are, you know, they, they gave away their tight end. You know, I I don't know. I guess I'm really surprised they're still four and six Mm -hmm. Uh, Buffalo's favored by nine and a half. I really don't think this is, uh, this is going to be much of a game. Tell you the truth. Um, especially with, you know, the Bills' defense only giving up 17 points a game, um, averaging, you know, that. And uh, 
Yeah, and the Lions, the problem has been the Lions defense, uh, giving up 28 points and over 425 yards a game. So, you know, and you got Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs, that one-two, you know, duo coming in. Um, The only thing that concerns me with Buffalo going forward is your quarterback who's thrown 21 uh, TDs and 10 interceptions is also your leading rusher. Mm -hmm. That's still – you see, uh, you know, this isn't college ball anymore, guys. You know, you need to develop you need to develop a run game mm-hmm. beyond your quarterback scramble. And that, that's what concerns me with the Bills right now. But for uh, Thanksgiving Day, I will take the Bills over the uh, Lions, and they will cover the spread. All right. Yeah, no, I think, uh, you know, like Dad said, you know, I think this is an interesting game because, yeah, the Detroit Lions are coming in, you know, on a three-game three game winning streak, mm-hmm. having wins over the Packers, the Bears, and and the Giants, you know, two two out of those three and, you know, maybe even three out of the three are somewhat, you know, good teams or, you know, better than what we thought than the Lions were. And, and, and the, you know, Lions have taken care of business. And I think it's it's been the defense that has really been the, the difference in those three games. They have played, you know, consistently much, much better than, than what they have, you know, the rest of the season. Um, you know, I, I don't know that. They, they obviously facing a, a Bills team or, you know, a Bills offense that, you know, can score points in bunches, you know, where those, you know, other three teams that they were playing, you know, middle of the road, you know, not so mm-hmm. great on the offensive side of the ball. So it's going to be a, a real test to see, you know, is this, you know, Detroit Lions defense for real or have they really improved against a, a Bills offense that just, you know, lights it up. Um, and I think at the same time, you know, the last several weeks, at least a couple of games I've watched against the Bills, they've really tried to get that running game going and have really, really improved on that, on that side of the ball and try to get their running backs a little bit more involved. I think because of the, you know, injury or, you know, whatever the health status of Josh Allen is, I think that they're, you know, trying to protect him a little bit more, keep him a little bit more protected so that they can, you know, obviously this game is just one game. They're, they're, they're looking towards, you know, bigger things if they can, you know, once they get to the playoffs. So they're just they're just trying to have a, you know, a decent enough record, get to the playoffs and make some noise there. But, uh, you know, I, I think at the end of the day, this Bills Bills defense is still, you know, a very good unit. Detroit likes to get that get that running game going. But, uh, you know, last week against the Browns, the Bills limited that, you know, mm-hmm. superior rushing attack to only 3.1 yards a carry. And yeah. we know what. The, the tandem there and, and Nick Chubb and, and Kareem Hunt are capable of. And so I think this Bills defense, they're finally starting to get healthy again. I think, uh, you know, I think the Bills win this one and, you know, and, and cover that spread. Yeah, like you said, the, the Bills are better in almost every statistical category. But, you know, the Lions, like you said, have been playing well. They've won their last three games. And, you know, they're they're they're, they're coming together as a team, and that's, that's good to see. You know, and another thing about the Lions is, Playing on Thanksgiving Day, this isn't new to them. They 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 do this every year where the Bills, you know, they've only been Thanksgiving Day game uh, team ten times in their history. They're five four and one. Lions are thirty seven forty three and two, and Lions always seem to play well. Give you know give give the team they're playing a, a solid game on Thanksgiving Day. So you know I, I look for this game to be closer than expected, but I, I think the Bills still pull it out. Yeah. All right, next game. Uh... The second game on the slate on Thursday is the Giants and the Dallas, both both sitting at seven and three. Um, they're playing in Dallas, and the spread is nine points, which I was a little surprised that it was that much really coming in. Um, I think for me, the key is going to be how healthy is Micah Parsons, you know, the uh, Dallas linebacker there out of Penn State. They're listening as questionable right now, listing him as questionable right now, you know, after they're just – a demolishing of the Vikings last week. You mm-hmm. know, they, they gave up one, uh, a first quarter field goal and that was it held mm-hmm. 
Vikings to 183 total yards. And, uh, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I think the, I think that'll be the difference, though, is like how healthy Micah Parsons is because you got Saquon Barkley coming in and he's having a career season, averaging four and a half yards of carry. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I think in the end, I think Dallas playing at home on Thanksgiving is just too much uh, for the uh, Giants who had three turnovers against Detroit. Um, I'm going with the Cowboys. Yeah, yeah, and looking at this one, the Giants, they, they do run the ball slightly better than the Cowboys, and they control the time of possession a little bit better. But, you know, the Cowboys have way more big play potential on their roster than Absolutely. the Giants. Uh, but the Cowboys playing on Thanksgiving Day, they're kind of a mixed bag in their career. They're 31-22-1. and one. It, They either play great or they seem to play awful. Mm-hmm. So, you know, this could be a really flip of the coin. Mm-hmm. You know, the Cowboys just came off their most impressive victory of the year against the Vikings, like Rob just said. And, you know, I, I could almost see this being a little bit of a letdown mm-hmm. after that big victory. You know, you, you have that sigh of, hey, we're, we're, we've arrived, we're finally right. here. And then you, you let down against you know, a big conference opponent in the Giants. Right. I, I think with, with all that going, I, I think the Giants just I, – I like their odds here. I just right. I think the Cowboys are going to have a letdown after that big victory last week. Okay, wow. yeah, right. well, yeah, it's a, it's going to be going to be a good one. Obviously, both these teams coming into this game riding, you know, opposite ends of the spectrum when it comes to emotions. I mean, the Giants got flat-out embarrassed last week against the Lions, um, you know, team we, you know, just talked about. And on the other hand, you know, uh, both of my, you know, guys here – the Cowboys, you know, embarrassed the, the, the Vikings on the, on the flip side, but I'm not sure if that's because the Vikings are not as good as what they look with that record, or if the Cowboys are just, you know, that, that good, but regardless, I, I think, you know, for one thing is for certain, and it's that Cowboys defense is, is pretty, pretty darn good. It really um, is. If you have to look at, you know, one blemish, they do give up they're, they're 26th in the league in rushing yards allowed. So if there is one, you know, one blemish on that, on that defense, it's, that it's the rushing attack. And that is, you know, obviously the giants, if they have, you know, something they can attack, um, you know, that that's it with the, with the big running back that they have in Saquon's, so I think that they have to get him involved early, often, you know, keep it, you know, consistent. But I think for the giants, they have, have a chance in this one. They have to keep it a low scoring close game because, I just don't think the Giants are built for, you know, if the Cowboys get up, you know, a couple scores, they don't have the offense to build to, you know, come back from from something like that just because they do like to start with the with the running game, get it going first, and then, you know, somewhat open up the passing game. But the Giants are just decimated with injuries at the at the wide receiver, um, you know, wide receiver position. I, I look for them to even more so get get try to get Saquon going. Um, but you know, Dallas did look good last week against, you know, one of the NFL's better rushers again, you know, with the Vikings and Dalvin Cook only mm-hmm. gave up, I think, 77 yards to, to Dalvin Cook. So I, I think this one could could get away from the Giants, you know, early if the Cowboys can consistently keep moving the ball, keep, you know, and, and the Giants defense is not, you know, they, they do have a good record seven and three. But I think the Giants defense is starting to kind of show it, you know, that it, it's not as good as what, you know, what they were, or how they started the season. It's slowly starting to the numbers are starting starting to creep up Pick there away, as, yeah. Yeah, as far as, you know, yards go. So I think I think the Cowboys will win this one maybe, you know, a little bit closer just because it is a division divisional opponent. Um, but I like the Cowboys to get it done on, on Turkey Day. All right, very good. Last game of the late game, the Patriots coming in at six and four against the Vikings at eight and two, who we've been talking about, you know, quite a bit already t- this evening. And uh, the Vikings favored by two and a half points. I thought that spread might be a little bit bigger, especially playing at home. Um, you know, we talked about how bad they got 
they got beat last week. Mm -hmm. But they've only lost two games. You know, that one of the Cowboys and the Eagles, who obviously are a very good team, by a total of 10, you know, they only scored 10 points, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, in those two games. So I think the Vikings got to, you know, concentrate on getting their offense going, you know, against the Patriots, who are are really on the upswing right now. They've won five of their last six games. Um, You know, the thing that scares me with, with the Vikings, they're giving up 406 yards a game. And, uh, almost double the pass yards as opposed to what they're giving up on the ground. And, uh, you know, I think, you know, Mac Jones can sling it if he needs to. He's not, his numbers are not looking that great. But like I said, they have played better here recently. But uh, I still look for Minnesota to pull this out in, in a tight one. Yeah, it should be, should be an interesting game. I mean, I, I'm starting to think, you know, like I've kind of hinted at in our, you know, previous segment, I don't know that this Vikings team is all that, all that good. I know they got an eight and two record, but if you look at the, look at the stats, it's quite interesting, even though they're eight and two, they've actually been outscored by their opponents, hmm. not by much. It's pretty almost dead. Even, you know, they've, they've actually scored two less points than their opponents, but somehow have an eight and two record, mm-hmm. which well, I'm still last week probably played a big, right. Big effort right. Absolutely. What, what was it? 40 to three. Yeah. Yeah, yeah <laughs> absolutely. But uh, I just don't, you know, Kirk cousins always in prime, you know, outside of prime time, he always plays great when it comes mm-hmm. to prime time games. He, he, I don't know. It's just like a, you know, night and day difference, you know, another trend that, you know, it, it, I don't think spells good for, for the Vikings. And that's, Kirk Cousins has been sacked 27 times, which is the eighth highest in the in the NFL. New England, second in the NFL mm-hmm. this year in, in total number of sacks. So I think it, it, it definitely this three-game winning streak that the Patriots have been on has been a lot. You know, uh, kudos to their to their defense. I think they're going to limit you know limit the Vikings here and their and their chances. I, I you know I, I don't know that there'll be much much offense from from the Patriots side. I think they try to keep it a low scoring game. I think the Patriots pull off an upset oh, here and and, nice. and 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 take out the Vikings. Should be a good game. Yeah, well, I mean another stat to add to everything you just thrown out there: the Vikings have actually lost their last five straight to the Pats, all by double digits. But you know, I, I just I look for a, a turnaround in fortune here. I think the Vikings, after that humiliation last week, they're going to be focused. They're going to come into this thing ready to play. I think the Vikings pull it off. All right, very good. Yeah. Well, we're gonna... Just a couple of you know oh. quick hitters before you know just for Thanksgiving, you know Thanksgiving NFL, you know whatever. Just a couple of things that I had actually seen uh, looking at it. Uh, NFL has actually played on Thanksgiving Day since since 19, 1920. They've wow. been playing, you know, playing on Thanksgiving, and you know, like Matt said. Detroit and, you know, Detroit Lions and Cowboys are obviously the two teams that have been playing, you know, the most consistently. And the Lions have been playing on on that, you know, on that day since I believe it was like, yeah, 1934. They've played every, you know, every Thanksgiving day since 1934. And the Cowboys have hosted, you know, a game since every game since 1966. There was a couple of years where they where they didn't. But pretty much consistently from, you know, 1966, the Cowboys have had one, you know, one Thanksgiving Day game there. So if you're a cowboy or a lion you plan on eating leftover turkey right yeah absolutely um, you can pretty much bank bank on that um and then another thing that it, that i found interesting um is that actually this this year's thanksgiving day games um they, they kind of branded or you know changed the names to uh the john madden thanksgiving celebration um obviously to honor you know the late john madden this year um mm-hmm. and so 
it'd be interesting to see, you know, all the different tributes and everything that they make, you know, uh, during, you know, during these three games that, that we have on, on Thanksgiving day game, because, uh, if there's one person that we remember you know, the most on Thanksgiving day, it's, it's always him, you know, making those announcements, making those calls, giving uh, out his turkey leg yeah, giving, giving out his award and, and whatnot. So yeah, definitely we'll, we'll be missed, but, uh, yeah, we'll be interesting to see how they, how they make a, you know, a tribute to him, you know, the first Very year cool. that, that, that he won't, you know, won't be with us. So. Very cool. <clears throat> All right. Well, we're going to take a real quick commercial break, pay our sponsors. Uh, hang in there. We'll be right back. This podcast is sponsored by Podbean. Podbean is the easiest way to create your own podcast. We use Podbean to host Fired Up. Download the free Podbean podcast app to start, record, and publish your very own podcast in minutes. Podbean provides everything you need to run your podcast, and you can record and publish episodes directly from the app on your phone. Download the free Podbean app today. That's P-O-D-B-E-A-N. Head on over to Podbean at www.podbean.com and use the code PODCAST21 for your first 30 days of podcast hosting for free. Check it out. All right, we're back. Thanks for sticking around. Uh, real quick, we're going to go over our five games from last week. Uh, Colton and I both went 4-1. and one. Matt went 3-2, and two, which I think puts you and Matt tied and yep. me one game back. So things are getting tight here heading into the <laughs> heading into the last week of the regular season for mm-hmm. uh, college football. But so I can tell you, if me and Colton you know, go head to head this week, it's Colton's going to take it because there's one game I'm not picking. <laughs> right. I, I never do. So. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> all right. Well, um, I got to give Colton credit for the games he picked last week. They were all either four, of them, three, oh. four of them were three-point games and the other one was a two-point game. Right. So doesn't get much closer than that. First one I got on my list here was that Utah-Oregon game. Um, you know, we I, we all picked the Ducks, and for there for a while, I didn't think they were going to pull it out. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, Cam Rising, bad, Cam Bad Moon Rising <laughs> didn't have a very good day for the Utes. Uh, three picks, only threw for 170 yards. But it was, it was a sloppy game, really. Both teams had three turnovers apiece. Mm-hmm. Uh, Oregon only rushed for 59 yards. I, you know, I don't know. It was a – it was almost a game where neither one of them wanted to win, but right. uh, yeah. Oregon wound up pulling it out 2017. It yeah. was crazy. We thought this game would be an offensive shootout, and it turns yeah. into a yeah. defensive battle at 20 to 17. I think the six turnovers had something to do with that. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, you know, obviously Oregon, you know, they have, you know, their sights set on, you know, bigger things here. You know, they get keep their Pac-12, you know, championship game hopes alive by, by winning this game against Utah. They got another big one that we'll talk about here in a, in a little bit, but, uh, you know, I think it's, it's going forward. It's, it's what's the health status of, of Bo Nix, you know, in this mm-hmm. game, obviously two weeks ago, he got banged up against Washington where they, you know, took an L was questionable whether he was going to play in this game, you know, battled through that injury and, and, and played, but still didn't look like himself or, you know, still was kind of hobbled by that, by that injury. You know, I, I think for them to, you know, really, continue to make some noise they're going to have to have him you know at, at somewhat 100 percent or you know closer to 100 percent than what he looked like in this in this game but uh you know we'll, we'll i think the difference for me in this one was utah they had three drives where they had they went for 11 12 and 14 plays came away with zero points wow. in those in those That's drives killer. you know so you you drive here you have big long sustaining drives and you come away with no points that that's just demoralizing you know mm-hmm. very very you know uh, put puts a you know a, a blemish there on the on the offense and yeah like you like you said Dad Cameron Rising just didn't play him like himself and you know hasn't very hasn't played very well on the road you know at all this year and you know that that trend continued in this game and Oregon got just enough out of their out of their offense to to sneak away with it with a victory. 
Yeah. All right. Well, then, uh, next one I had was another game out west, uh, USC and UCLA. And this was the shootout that we thought it was. <laughs> yes, yeah, it I mean, was. 48 to 45. Um, you know, UCLA, they killed themselves. They had four mm. turnovers, you know, a game that – and they gave up 650 yards to uh, to USC's offense. I think Caleb Williams kind of put himself up there in that Heisman Trophy uh, talk a little bit last weekend, you know, had a, had a great day. He was obviously happy to have his number one receiver back and Jordan Addison, who had 11 receptions for 178 yards. But really, I, I thought that the score should have been a little more lopsided with – UCLA, you know, giving it away four times. But, again, USC had a lot of – rolled up a lot of offense but didn't always capitalize on those drives. Yeah, so. I mean, UCLA kind of, kind of rolled out. It looked like they were going to run away with this thing yeah. early. And then all of a sudden, here comes USC storming back. They they take a big lead. And then UCLA makes it interesting at the end. Right. Like, yeah. This is another one. You couldn't tell what team really wanted to win right, the way right. they were both playing. Yeah, and he could, couldn't turn it off until it, you know, it completely was over, was over yeah. because, you know, like I said, it was almost like it was almost like basketball it was a game of runs, if yeah. you will. You know, UCLA got ahead big, then USC came storming, then here comes UCLA back, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, no, I, I have to, you know, say, you know, it, it, it's, you know, puzzling to me or maybe, you know, doesn't spell good things for USC in the sense that, yeah, UCLA had four turnovers, but USC still only squeaked out a three-point victory in yeah. this one. Um, I mean, they did they did convert, you know, those four turnovers into ten points, but you, you would think it, it would be a little bit more, you know, would, would have gotten more out of that one. But, uh, you know, they, they – USC booked their ticket. They're going to be playing in the Pac-12 championship game, yeah. you know, next week. Um, and, uh, you know, they, they – uh, but it's interesting – this is USC's first win over a ranked opponent all it all is. year, um, and, and so we'll see. You know what what happens. Um, obviously, they have another ranked opponent that we'll talk about here in a, in a little bit. But yep. uh, you know they got a got a big win, um, and and you know against their you know crosstown rivals there, and uh, we'll see what they what they can do. They keep their you know an outside chance of, of a playoff you know hopes alive as well. So we'll, we'll see what what happens. Well, but I'll uh, tell you, if you're you're a Buckeye or a Michigan fan, you're kind of rooting for USC to lose and you're rooting for TCU to lose because if those two teams lose, I don't think it matters who who wins this week. Mm-hmm. I think they both go. Might get big right. ten teams. That might be the only way we get two yeah, big ten teams. I think it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Right. All right, next game was Boise State and Wyoming. Um, another three point game that Boise State pulled out twenty to seventeen. A game that really probably should have been a bigger, you know, Boise State had 480 yards of offense and Wyoming threw three picks and they still only won by three points. Another <laughs> yeah. another puzzling game that, mm-hmm. you know, was just, yeah, I don't know, just to me kind of hard to watch because, again, like Matt said on the last game, neither one of the teams stepped up and acted like they really wanted this right. game. Right, yeah, yeah. No, it's uh, – I think if you look at it, it, it was more of, I think, Wyoming – lost this game or you know killed themselves more than Boise yeah. State really really mm-hmm. won it yeah. uh Wyoming was one for 10 on third down they only threw the ball 16 times but they only completed three passes three total passes That's terrible for 30 yards and then especially in three, this day and age yeah, yeah. through nuts through three picks on top of that I mean it, it just you got to have somewhat of some balance on on you know on the offensive side of the ball you know mm-hmm. to only throw for 30 yards I mean you're you're not you know Boise State just stacks the box. You know, you can only do so much with the, right. with the run game. I mean, I think if Boise State didn't have two turnovers of their of their own, this probably would have been would have been a blowout. But you know, hats off to Boise State. They they get the win here. They they clinch their side of the division in the in the Mountain West, and you know, will play in the in the Mountain West you know championship game. Yeah, I had that same note here. I kind of what what made the difference was Boise State was able to be balanced at 269 yards rushing, 211 passing. 
where Wyoming was one-dimensional, 30 yards passing, 278 yards rushing. Yeah, you just, yeah, you right. can't win being one-dimensional. Yeah. No, I don't think so. Um, now we got coming back into the Big Ten, uh, Iowa against Minnesota. I think this was the game that all three of us missed. Um, you know, we all had Iowa. I mean, we all had Minnesota. And for the most part, we were right. Minnesota led in every statistical category, yards, you know, third down conversions, time of possession. I mean, everything. They led everything. Mm -hmm. And I think the tur two turnovers, obviously, by the Gophers hurt them. But, yeah. you know, your your stud running back runs for 263 yards. I'm saying, man, we just got ourselves a win. Right? Yeah. And, you know, Iowa kicks a field goal with 28 seconds to go <laughs> and, and gets a three-point victory. I mean, uh, I mean, Minnesota, though, really hurt themselves by only being able to pass for 87 yards. Yeah, you know, the yeah, rushing you talk about well, being one-dimensional you know, again. Yeah, right. but Man, this puts Iowa right there in the driver's seat in that Big Ten West. Yep. They have their opponent this week isn't all that great. I, I, I look for them probably to take the West. Yeah, yeah. if they, they win, they play Nebraska this week, which, you know, Matt hinted at is, you know, has not played very well, you know, it came up short again last week and at one point loss, I think to Wisconsin. Uh, but yeah, if Iowa wins next weekend, Nebraska, they're headed to the big 10 championship yep. game. Cause their only competition right now is Purdue and they hold the, the tiebreaker over Purdue. Cause they beat them, mm -hmm. I don't know, two or three weeks ago. Yeah. So, yep. but yeah, I and, think that's, it's, it's sad. We're going to have to see that game when both Ohio state and Michigan have both blown the doors off mm -hmm. of Iowa. Right. I mean, yeah. they, they don't deserve to be. Yeah. There. I, I think it's, you know, I, I think dad hit the nail on the head there. If you told me that, you know, stud running back for, for Minnesota, Muhammad you know, Muhammad Ibrahim, Ibrahim there, Ibrahim, yeah. um, rushed for almost 270 yards. I'd say Minnesota's got this one in the bag right, all day. And, and I just, it, how it's Iowa wins games. I, I don't, yeah. it, it, it's, it, it's almost like magic. Yeah. I, I don't know how they do it, but they, you know, defense and special teams, they find a way to, you know, do it. And, and, you know, here we are, you know, like I said, one win away from, from making it back Rack to the Big Ten championship West, game, yeah. so well, Kirk Ferentz must be calling up Jim Tressel for that playbook. Right, right. I, I don't, I don't get because I mean, early in the year we were thinking maybe you know I was you know going to be cleaning house there because they were just off to a putrid start, but somehow they you know finagle their way Turned back into and you know that and I, I Illinois think, was a front runner in right. the last now and they you know they they fallen apart and yeah. you know they will transition you know that's our obviously our last game that we'll right. recap, but uh, you know I, I, yeah I just don't know. I don't know how Iowa does it. I mean, if you're an Iowa fan, you literally have to be on the edge of your seat every week because right. when your yeah. offense can't score points, what well, I mean, you just yeah, you're, you're just hoping, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Well, like Colt said, the last game uh, we had on the slate last week, Illinois versus Michigan. You know, the, I said this game was going to be way closer than the spread way closer i didn't expect it to be this close my voice is heard all week i <laughs> shouted myself hoarse at the television on saturday because you know michigan had that great opening drive i mean they look like the best offense in the country on mm -hmm. that opening drive and i thought up oh, this is this it's ball game you yeah know. it's ball game because illinois has been struggling and i thought you know we're gonna bury them we're in the big house after that opening drive, <laughs> the wheels fell off oh the bus. Oh, my God. You know, we gave field up. Goals. We <laughs> gave, field goal, field we goal. gave Chase Brown, you know, 29 carries, 140 yards. He did his job, you know. Coming, coming in, in somewhat banged up himself yeah, and still, you know, yeah. had, a, had a great and, game. And Corum was living up to his hype until the whole state of Michigan took a deep gasp when <sighs> yeah. he – got hit in the knee and dropped the ball because his knee hurt bad enough where he grabbed his knee. They, you know, that was the lone Michigan turnover on a driver that, that they were going to get points off of right there before, 
the end of the first half. So, man, there's two completely different stories on how bad that is. Right. Corum saying he's playing, but his lineman said, we'll be fine without him this week. So it's it's a very weird situation. Hopefully I think what he meant was somebody will have to step up if we don't have, I don't know. I think, I think a lot of it hinges on that, um, Matt, whether, you know, whether he's healthy because, you know, nobody still knows the the status of Donovan Edwards. You know, he didn't play at all on Saturday. You know, is he healthy? But, you know, this was a game that Michigan just – Looked absolutely. It was. We should have lost. Right. Michigan should have had a dub or a nail that on Saturday. But you know, give, give the good MVP. teams or whatever you want to say. Sometimes find a way to you know get victories but or again, get wins. You know, and Jake Moody for the Heisman Trophy. <laughs> right. I guess you know. Yeah. Again. But you, you know the Buckeyes could have said the exact same thing last week, and I think it's because both of them this this week didn't really matter. You mm-hmm. can't help but look ahead. Right. right? And, it, and it doesn't matter because. Right. Both teams know whoever wins that game is playing for the Big Ten Championship and going to the playoff. Even with a loss, yeah. either of those teams are still going to make the playoff winning right. the Big Ten. So right. going in, they, they knew that game had zero bearing on their season. Yeah, and I think I think at the same time you have to say, you know, we, we talk about Corum. I, I think Corum maybe makes a case for his Heisman even more now because, I mean, you look at it. In five first-half drives with Corum on the field, yeah, they only scored one touchdown but they had 206 total yards of offense. The six possessions without him, Michigan had 170 total yards and and nothing, no, you know, zero touchdowns, nothing but, you know, field goals yeah. and, and weren't even able to get into the red zone until those final two drives that mm-hmm. they kicked field goals to win, you know, to win the game. Uh, um, so I think, you know, definitely he is, if you can say, you know, you take into consideration, you know, the Heisman when you say, that guy means the most to his team. I mm-hmm. think he makes his case even more with that. I'm not saying that, you know, he's going to win it or whatever, but I just think that helps his case a little bit more as a running back because without a Michigan, you know, Michigan's identity on, on offense, it looks, you know, looks a little lost. So we'll, we'll see. Obviously he's got to have a big game. You know, we'll, we'll talk about that here in a little bit, but he's got to have a big one to, you know, keep himself up there to have a real and chance. And then after the game, old Brett B. I'm just making himself look silly, just yelling at the officials again and, and calling them out. I'm sure he's going to get a nice fine from the big 10 right. for, for his unkind word to the officiating crew. Sure. Officials never cost you a game. You right. just, you've got to adjust to it and play. Yeah. Right. And they, I thought in that were game, play. I thought, I thought, I'm not saying the refs were good. I'm just saying they were consistent. consistent. Yeah, I, I thought they were consistent in that game and and, and called. You know, maybe they were, whether they were right or wrong, they, they were consistent in their in their calls. They, they let they let the receivers and the DBs yeah. play handsy all day. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. All right. Well, moving on to this week, the first one I got on the slates: two nine and two teams, Tulane going to uh, Southern Ohio, going up against Cincinnati. Um, this is a Friday night game, and uh, Cincinnati's coming in as a two point favorite. They've each only played one ranked team all season. They both lost in the, both those games and both by seven points each time. Right. Uh, it was UCF yeah, for both of UCF, them, right? UCF, yep, same opponent. No, yeah. Arkansas. Cincinnati got beat by Arkansas, didn't they? And they got beat by UCF, also, too. So they lost both yeah. their ranked, ranked, yeah. ranked teams. Yeah. But, you know, two lanes coming in after a beatdown to SMU uh, mm-hmm. by 35, but SMU handed them the ball five times, too, <laughs> had, yeah. had five turnovers, and I don't think – I don't think you're going to see a Cincinnati Bearcat team do that to them. So I'm going to take the Bearcats in a, in a close victory here over Tulane. Yeah. It's, it's funny. You mentioned those turnovers, you know, for, for Tulane to win this game, they got to force turnovers. They are seven and zero this year when they force at least one turnover. Um, but the problem is Cincinnati, the last three of their past four games has not committed a single turnover. Right. Um, I just think that they're well balanced on that, on that offensive side of the ball. 
Um, and, and I think the difference for me is going to be Cincinnati's defense. Yeah. They're going to keep this a low scoring game, keep it close. It may be, you know, that, that two point spread may be pretty, you know, spot on there. Um, I, I think Cincinnati, you know, pulls one out. They are playing at home. They're undefeated at home this year. I like Cincinnati to get, to get a win and, uh, you know, keep, keep their, you know, higher bowl chances, you know, alive and, 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 you know, go into the, the uh, American athletic conference, you know, championship game. Yeah. I mean, these two teams are both tied for first in the AAC uh, with one conference loss apiece. but both these teams need to win this week or they're, or they're out of the conference championship right. game because UCF beat both of them. Who's mm-hmm. currently in third. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they will have the tiebreaker over both of them. Right. So you know, these teams are playing for it all this week. This is, this is it. championship or this, bust for right, both of right. them. Yeah, there you so, go. you know, that, that, that's going to make for a great game. And these two teams on paper are really close. They are. I just think Tulane's offense has performed a bit better in the games I've seen both these teams play. I think Tulane's got a slight edge on offense. Right. I'm going with Tulane to win a close one. All right. Very good. All right, next one I got the uh, Oregon Ducks going into the Oregon State Be- Beavers. Um, Oregon's coming in at 9-2. Oregon State's 8-3. and three, And Oregon is a three-point favorite on the road. Um, Oregon has, you know, played a little tougher schedule. I think they're three and two against ranked opponents, uh, where Oregon State's zero and two, um, and Oregon's putting up five hundred eleven and yards and forty points a game. Um, I think Colton made this point earlier. How healthy is Bo Nix? But you know, he's thrown twenty five touchdowns against eight picks. I think he's the difference in this game if he's healthy, and I think he will be. Uh, I like the Ducks. Well, the other question about Bo Nix is what Bo Nix shows up, mm-hmm. you know, in, in Auburn and big games, he always had that weird tendency to right. just disappear. And mm-hmm. th- this is all on the line for Oregon right, right now. Right. They got to win to make that Pac-12 championship and, mm-hmm. and you know, keep semi-playoff hopes. Right. Probably not, but uh, 12, an 12 up to four. But, yeah, yeah. you got you to win the, the Pac-12 to even have a shot. Right. So, you know, they, they got to win this and get to that. So, I, I do think, though, their offense scoring 40 points a game. I think they're going to be able to do enough to get done. I, I think this is. I think the spread probably dead on at three points. So it's going to be a close game. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think you're right, Matt. I think this is, uh, you know, a somewhat. I think again, banged up Bo Nix. I think it, you're going to see a little bit of a drop off in Oregon scoring. You know, the, and this is this game is is two contrasting styles. You got Oregon that you know puts up points. Their defense can you know play good at times, but other times they they give you know give up points too. Uh, where you know on the other side of the ball, Oregon State. Their defense is pretty good, or at least good for Pac-12, you know, standards. Um, but their offense, you know, struggles to, you know, put up points. So something's got to give in this game. I, I think even with a semi, you know, banged up Bo Nix, I think Oregon can get just enough out of that offense. They can get get a W. But I think that three-point, you know, three-point spread is about, you know, about right. I think Oregon State will keep this game close. But I like the Ducks to, to get it done on the on the road and, you know, get a big matchup there with, with USC in the, in the Pac-12 championship. All right, very good. Uh, Next one, Colton went way outside of our norm and uh, picked a couple teams that we don't normally have on the show. Uh, the Coastal Carolina Chanticleers versus the James Madison Dukes. Uh, Carolina's coming at nine and one, and James Madison at seven and three. But yet James Madison is given a thirteen and a half point edge, and I was trying to figure out why. I'll tell you in a bit. But well, yeah. I guess. Um, James Madison's defense is only giving up 79 yards of rushing, I mm-hmm. think, is one thing. Um, they're coming off a, uh, you know, a, a beatdown of uh, Old Dominion, and that was the only team to beat Coastal Carolina. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, you know, you're, you're kind of looking at, I don't know, maybe the edge going to James Madison. But you look at the quarterback play, play of Grayson McCall from Coastal Carolina. He's thrown 21 touchdowns against only one pick. So. Yeah. 
I'm going with the upset in this one. I'm taking the Chanticleers over the Dukes. All right. Well, yeah, I think uh, the reason reason for that 14 point spread not only you know James Madison defense much much better or you know slightly better than than uh, you know Coastal Carolina, but actually Grayson McCall won't be playing in that game. He is out for the rest of the year with a with a foot injury. So that's why I think the uh, the spread there is is you know James Madison uh, because. They got a decent quarterback themselves on that on that side. <clears throat> yeah, a, a guy that's thrown for almost uh, a little over twenty four hundred yards, twenty one passing touchdowns, and like five picks himself. I just think, yeah, they, not enough offense there for for uh, Coastal Carolina to keep it, you know, keep it close. I like James Madison, the Dukes, to get it, and this is going to be playing for a spot in the Sun Belt Championship. Mm-hmm. Both of these teams are one and two on their, you know, on their side of the division. Um, so whoever wins, you know, wins this game will represent the East Division in the uh, Sun Belt Championship game. Well, I guess this is a case where I'm glad I went last because I got some new information there <laughs> from Colton. I, I didn't realize the Coast Carolina quarterback was out, yep. you know, because I, I thought going into this, you know, they have been more consistent all season long. Yes. But you can throw consistency out the window right. when, when you lose your starting quarterback. And, and with starting quarterback that has those kind of stats, yeah. you know, that, yeah. that kind of drives that offense, that definitely, yeah, puts a hindrance. So, on so it. I'm, I'm definitely changing my, my <laughs> right. opinion. Oh, that, I'm following that Colton right. on that one, that, <laughs> James all right. Madison. All right. All right. Hey, at least I'm honest, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right. So the next one we got, um, this is a tough one for me. Um, you know Notre Dame eight and three going out west to play USC at ten and one. Uh, USC is a five and a half point favorite. Uh, you know Notre Dame's played better here uh, in recent weeks. They're three and one against ranked opponents. Um, but I don't know that USC offense is just just putting up huge numbers. Like I said, Caleb Williams making his case for the Heisman with thirty three touchdown against only three picks and. Their offense rolling up 513 yards of offense and 43 points a game. Um, Notre Dame's probably a little more battle tested. Like I said, three and one against ranked opponents, where USC's one and one against ranked opponents. But I, I like USC playing at home. I'll take the Trojans. Yeah, I'll agree with Rob here. I, you know, com, full commitment to Notre Dame though for turning the season around. They started off awful, and they, you know they've gotten up to rank number 18th now. They, they've played great ball late. But they just—they don't have near enough offense to keep up with USC. I think USC wins and wins bigger than the five and a half point spread. All right. Well, this is where I say not so fast, fellas. <laughs> I, I hope you're right. Yeah. You, I, I think you know the, the thing that scares me with USC is 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 their defense. Their defense is the ball. They got they right. forced they forced 24 turnovers, which is you know towards the top out of all you know FBS teams. So you would think, oh, this defense is pretty good. They're you know they they got 24 turnovers. But they still give up points in bunches. Mm-hmm. Uh, they allowed Utah to score forty-three points, Arizona to score forty-one. Uh, a Cal team that's ninety-fifth overall in all FBS teams in offense scored thirty-five, and we just hinted at it last week. UCLA had four turnovers and still scored forty-five and points. Only lost by three. And, and so I, I just think that that USC defense that's going to catch up to them at, at some point. I'm I think thinking it, it's going to be the following week against Oregon. I, I, I think it's up. I think it's this week. I think Notre Dame shocks the world, goes out west, wow. gets another big big win. You know, to to you know, kind of end the season for for Notre Dame. I, I like the, the 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 Fighting Irish to get you know just enough. I like that defense for Notre Dame to to hold hold the offense there for USC down. Like Notre Dame to pull off the upset and get the win here. All right. Well, there's only one thing left to talk about: <laughs> the game. Yeah, the, the game. game. That's I mean, it. And I didn't even write down any notes on this game because <laughs> you can throw all the stats out the window, throw 
the win-loss record, which they're both 11-0, so that's pretty impressive for both teams. Um, you know, all the stats, all the BS, the injuries, the whatever. It's, it's, it's going to be, I think, playing in Ohio, playing in Columbus, playing at Ohio State at the Horseshoe, I think Michigan's got to get off to a better start than what they have in most of their games. They need a drive like they had opening drive against Illinois last week. Um, they're not a, we're not an offense that's going to want to play from behind a lot against a, you know, a team against like OSU that can put up so many points that, you know, talented group of receivers that they have. OSU's banged up at the running back spot. You know, we'll see how that goes. They need to find some balance, I think, mm -hmm. you know, against a Michigan team that's been pretty good against the run. Our DBs have been a little suspect, I think, so far this year. Um, but, uh, you know, th this game has all the makings of a classic, I think, mm -hmm. coming in. First time they've both been undefeated since, what, 2006? 2006. 2006. Yep. Um, you know, th this is nothing. Nothing else matters to me after this game, the Big Ten Championship, <laughs> even a bowl game. This is the game for mm -hmm. me. So right. give me your guys' thoughts. Uh, yeah. I'll just say it's national championship or bust, but that's it. I, yeah. I, I've got no further comment on this game like usual when it comes to this game. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah, well, I, I think it's going to be – I think both defenses are going to be – which defense can can hold up. You know, they're, they're both going to be tested in the sense that, you know, Ohio State's defense, yeah, they're, they look good on paper against the run but they haven't faced a, a rushing attack like Michigan's got there. As long as, you know, the rushing attack or, you know, the running yeah, backs what for will the rushing attack be? look like for, for Michigan. If I mean, it's know, not a big letdown. I think if, if Corum doesn't, as long as Donovan Edwards plays, right. Right. Um, you know, he's, but he's, he's a, obviously a, a, you know, top notch running back as well too. So yeah. it's not as big a deal. Uh, but if both of them are nicked up and not a hundred percent, man, we're, we're, uh, it could be interesting. Very interesting. We're but... going to have to figure out a way to, you know, have these long sustained drives and we can do that with a solid running game mm -hmm. and get some stops on defense. Right. right? Get, get your quarterback out of the pocket too, because right. the, the Buckeyes have been chasing quarterbacks or you look at uh, Talea last week, mm -hmm. they just, they can't catch them. They yeah. can chase them all day long, put yeah. pressure on them. But if you can't get the sack. And, and JJ has that capability. Yeah, that, exactly. And that's what yeah. scares the crap out of me. about. Yeah. And I out. think on the flip side though, you know, like dad hinted at, you know, our, our DBs have, you know, given up some big plays have given up, you know, some yards, but at the same time, you know, yeah, we are first in the country or towards the top when it comes to overall pass defense, but I don't think we've faced a passing yeah, exactly. unit quite like Ohio state, exactly. you know, has with, you know, their top five, you know, you know, attack on the, on the offense side of the ball, you know, a bunch of receivers that are all going to be probably playing on Sunday, a quarterback that that's, you know, making his way, you know, to the NFL as well. So right. It's going to be, you know, which, which defense, you know, is able to hold up, you know, against what, what these offensive offensive units do so well, who can get, you know, enough stops to, you know, to, to, you know, get their offense back on the, on the field and, and, you know, give them. I, will say we, I don't think we know anything about either of these defenses because right. neither team have really played the best of schedules. Right. Of right. Well, yeah. And, you know, and at time, you know, JJ has really struggled. I thought in, you know, against teams this year, he's not, I don't, I don't feel he's lived up to his potential at this point, but even some of the games that I, you know, watch CJ Stroud play, he has a tendency to overthrow open receivers a lot. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think, I don't know. It's, it's just a game that both teams need to play their best game, I think, but I think it favors Ohio state a little bit. You know, they're coming in at a seven and a half point favorite, but I got to go. <laughs> I, I got to pick, sorry, 
since we ain't got no money on this, I'm going with my heart. I'm taking, I'm taking the maize and blue. Go yeah, blue. yeah, I think so. I, I, I got you know Michigan winning this game as well. But again, it, it's got to be another you know somewhat low scoring affair. I, I don't think Michigan wants to get in a shootout no. in this one. I just don't. Our offense has not played you know since that Penn State week. I, I just don't think that they played consistently well enough to mm-hmm. to score enough points to you know outlast this Ohio State team. So I think that they got to you know hold the hold the Buckeyes you know under you know around 30 points I think is probably about That's about, about right you can probably up, about right um but yeah I think Michigan gets a gets the win but I think it's going to be a tight a tight battle and could come down to you know a last second field goal, or, field goal or last you know last drive or something like that so we'll we'll see but uh yeah this this is you know this is it this is this is the big one so yeah and you could just chalk up my L because i'm not making a pick <laughs> not, e- not even betting the spread nope nope i'm not right. gonna bet the spread all right, all right. well we'll we'll let you off the hook man <laughs> all right well hey it's been great man this is going to be a great weekend of football and, uh, you know, we're coming at you probably, I don't know what day next week, but, uh, man, we really appreciate you guys listening, and uh, we'll see you. All right. Thanks for, for listening to Fired Up with your hosts, Colton Cal, Chief Rob Cal, Matt Cordes. We uh, hope you enjoyed our episode this week. And, you know, if you want to hear other topics for future episodes or, you know, you just got a burning sports question you want to hear us talk about here on the show, you know, feel free to reach out to us on our different social media platforms. We have uh, an Instagram, uh, Fired Up underscore podcast. Or you can find us over on Facebook at Fired Up, Sports Podcast. And as always, if you want to head over to our website at www.firedup1.podbean.com, you can find all of our past episodes and even this this one posting tomorrow. Um, and and just also a little bit of information about about the show, about you know about the guys on the on the show as well. And uh, you know if you you want to hear our hear our show, you can find us on pretty much any podcast platform you can think of: Spotify, Apple, Google, Pandora. Um, you know, all of our past episodes and this episode will be on there as well. So appreciate you guys listening. And as always, stay, stay fired, fired up. up.